Exodus chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. Just four verses. And the Word of God says, Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and camp by Parah-Haraph between Migdal and the sea. Camp there along the shore across from Baal-Zephon. Then Pharaoh will think, the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. But I have planned this in order to display my glory. Notice what God said here. Pharaoh's going to chase you. It's going to look like you're confused. He's going to even think you are trapped in the wilderness. But I have planned this. I have planned this in order to display my glory. And I want to preach to you this morning on just what God said there. I have planned this. I have a plan. Come on, say that with me. He has a plan. Whatever you're going through this morning, God has a plan. Whatever you're going to go through, whatever you've gone through, whatever your situation is right now, God has a plan. And that plan always involves His glory. Let's pray. Father, bless this word to our lives and to our hearts. And I pray that you would help me preach this morning. Help us to learn. Father, give us understanding for anyone here this morning that feels trapped in the wilderness, that feels confused, worried, anxious. Father, what does it mean when you say, I have a plan? Help us to understand that in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You guys can have a seat. As we talk about this this morning, I have a plan. God said, I have planned it. So, so what if <clears throat> the things you never planned for, God already planned? You never planned to go through a certain situation. You never planned to get a certain heartbreak. You never planned to lose your job. You never planned to get divorced. You never planned to get sick with cancer. You never planned to have a troubled teenager. There are so many problems in our lives we never expected and never planned for. But see, when I read this passage, I realized that everything we go through in our lives, God has a plan. God is already in control. And that plan is always to reveal His glory. And for that reason, no matter what you're going through in your life, you don't have to live a life of fear and stress and confusion and doubt and faithlessness. God has a plan. On Monday, 
It's my favorite day of the week. Monday, it might not be your favorite day of the week, but it's my favorite day of the week because Monday, I do not think about any of you guys at all. I don't think about church. I don't think about anything. There's a golden rule on Monday. Don't call me unless someone is dead. Then they'll stay dead. They'll be dead. So call me on Tuesday. Don't bother me on Monday. So on Monday, it was my day off. I was relaxing. I was having a great time. The sun was setting. It was a beautiful day. And I decided I'm going to be a good husband. And I'm going to walk the dogs ahead of time. Because usually when Jerrica gets home, we, we tend to walk our dogs around this the park or this golf course. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be that good husband that I am. And I'm going to walk the dog. So when she gets home, dinner's ready. The dogs are walked. And it's going to be a great evening. So as I'm walking my dogs, already making the last final turn almost to my house, everything was great until I saw this goose. Not just any goose. These are demonic geese that have taken over South Florida. They're called Egyptian geese. Have you seen these Egyptian geese? Let me just, here's a side note. They taste amazing. So feel free, seriously, open season on these pests. But we have all these Egyptian geese everywhere, and these Egyptian geese. But there's one particular Egyptian goose there that haunts me. And as I'm making my way home, I thought he was not even around. He was good. And I thought I was safe. And I kid you not, I hear the sound of footsteps behind me. And I'm walking my dogs, and I looked at my dog's face, and his little puppy eyes opened up like, he's here. And the look of panic. Now, I have one dog that's brave, one bigger dog that's a coward. And when that goose just saw me, I looked back, and he was already running and then taking flight towards me. Now, you have to picture this with me, but I have both dogs on the leash, and as I'm running away from this goose that's chasing me, I trip on the leash. I roll down the hill. My dog has me wrapped around the leash. I'm all entangled, and people are watching. As this goose is coming near me, he doesn't want to let me go. He's trying to attack us. And my dogs abandoned me. And as I'm rolling on the floor and I'm screaming, I realized this must have felt embarrassing. This feels frightening. I'm rolling on the ground. This Egyptian goose has me pinned, cornered. I'm scared. I'm worried. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to survive this. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but you should have seen how big this goose was. That must have felt just like how the Israelites felt. You see, they're, they're leaving Egypt and everything is fine. And I want to remind you that Egypt, they were in Egypt for over 400 years. They were in bondage. And when they left Egypt, because God has set them free to go to the promised land, 
What's amazing, as they're following God through their plans, as they're following God to this promised land, everything looked fine, just like my Monday. Everything appeared to be great. It was beautiful. It was peaceful. It was joyful. Until those Israelites looked back and they saw, not an Egyptian goose, that's my story, but they saw an Egyptian pharaoh coming after them. And as this Egyptian was coming after them, he wanted them back. He wanted them back in bondage. He wanted them back in slavery. He wanted them back in the struggle. And as they looked back, they saw this Egyptian. They saw this Pharaoh and all these Egyptians getting closer and closer with anger unwilling to let them go. Folks, what a picture of our lives. You see, when you finally begin to walk with Jesus, you've been set free, amen? You are no longer bound by your old life. When you decide to walk with Jesus, you are no longer enslaved to your past. You are no longer in bondage. You no longer belong to the devil. You no longer, he has no control over you any longer. The Bible says you are a new creation. The old is gone. But that devil that ruled your life for years doesn't want to let you go. When you begin to follow Jesus, people tend to think, oh, from here on out, my life's going to get better. My life's going to get easier. My life's going to get a whole lot more joyful. I'm not going to have problems. Everything's going to go my way because, hey, I'm serving Jesus now. That must have been like the Israelites felt. They must have thought because they're following God now, because they're out of Egypt and on their way to the promised land, life's going to get easier. Life's going to get better. From here on out, the bondage and the struggle is over. Our new lives are here. We're looking ahead. The past is gone. But little did they understand that the struggle was about to start because they meant it. They trusted in the Lord and put their faith and trust in the Lord to go to the promised land. That's when Pharaoh said, I am not giving up on you that easy. And Pharaoh chased them because he didn't want to let them go. And that's what the devil does in your life. When you begin to walk with the Lord, he's not going to want you to just go that easy. So he brings things like your past against you. And all of us have a past, some worse than others. But in Jesus' name, your past has been forgiven. And when you're walking in the obedience with the Lord and you're walking in faith and you're walking on the promises of God, don't be surprised when that Egyptian comes after you and that devil comes after you and God said to Moses, Pharaoh is going to chase you. There is a devil that is chasing you this morning. 
And He will chase you with your past. He will chase you with guilt. He will chase you with bondage. He will chase you with things you thought you moved on from. He will chase you in ways you thought you never imagined. You see, the Israelites thought that their past was over. They thought that Pharaoh was gone. But it was just the beginning. Look at verse 3 and 4 with me. Look what the Bible says here. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. That they are trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will what? Chase you. He will chase after you. He will chase after you. But I love what the Bible says. He's going to think you're confused. He's going to think you are trapped in the wilderness. Look at verse 3 with me again. He's going to think, Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. And that they are trapped in the wilderness. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you're trapped in life? The Bible says it's going to look like you're trapped. Pharaoh's going to think like you're trapped in the wilderness. There are so many people that feel trapped in life. They feel trapped with sin. They feel trapped with addiction. They feel trapped in a marriage. They feel trapped at work. They feel trapped at life. They just feel trapped. And this motion of trap and being trapped, and I'm just trapped all the time. Notice that God said, Pharaoh is going to think you are trapped because sometimes you're following God Sometimes you're believing for greater, you're living in obedience, but it's going to look like in your life you are trapped, and you're trapped with problems, and trapped with people, and trapped with struggles, and the word trap is the most interesting word in the Bible to me. The word trap in the Hebrew literally means to shut a door where you can't get out. In other words, God says sometimes in your life, it's going to look like every door is closed on you. It's going to look like there's no way out. You're going to feel like you're stuck. You're going to feel like you're going nowhere. You're going to feel like you're confused. Pharaoh's going to say you're confused. Pharaoh's going to say you're trapped. The devil thinks you're trapped. The devil thinks you're lost. The devil thinks you're going nowhere. But the devil doesn't know God. And when God says, I'm taking you to the promised land, and I don't care what's in your path, I'm going to finish what I started. You can look trapped. You can feel trapped. You can look hopeless. But God has a plan. And Pharaoh said, oh, they're confused. Look at them. They're lost. They're wandering and they're trapped. And I don't know about you, but I've been there. Where it feels like the doors are closing and there's no way out. And as I read this scripture, I wondered how many people in our church feel like there's no way out. 
feel like they're trapped in the wilderness. You say, well, pastor, I'm, I'm following God. I'm coming to church. I'm doing my best, but it feels like the devil's just chasing me. It won't let me go. And I'm trying to do my best to serve the Lord, but I feel like I'm trapped. You know you feel trapped when you tell yourself there's no way. There's no way. Have you ever told yourself there's no way? Let me help you. Maybe this rings a bell. There's no way my life's going to get better. One person. Can I get an amen? There's no way it's getting better. This is it. My best days are behind me. There's no way. There's no way my kids are going to change. There's no way my kids are going to come to the Lord. There's no way my loved one's going to get saved. There's no way my marriage is going to get better. There's no way they're going to get healed. Doctors say this and that, and the test results say this and that. There's no way they're going to get healed. There's no way I'm getting out of debt. Things are just getting more and more expensive. I'm already working so many hours as it is. There is no way I'm ever getting out of debt. There's no way I'm going to pay these bills. There's no way I'm ever going to afford a house in Miami. Have you seen the houses in Miami? There's no way. Hi, there's no way I'm getting married. Have you seen the men in Miami? There's no way. Be single for life. I said that for 10 years. Look at that front row, everyone. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to get that job. I'm not qualified. Here's my favorite. There's no way God can use me. There's no way God can forgive me. There's no way I can get over this bondage. It's been in my family for years. That's when you feel trapped in the wilderness. It feels like a door has nearly closed on you. And you're stuck. And you can't get out. See, God literally said, Pharaoh's going to say, you're trapped. Pharaoh is literally going to say, there's no way. You know what the devil is saying right now to you? That's right. There is no way. There's no way you're getting up. There's no way it's going to happen. There's no way. Stop praying. Stop believing. Stop trusting God. There is no way. Verse 4. God says this. Once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. He will chase you. 
I have planned. I have planned this. Wait a minute, let's pause. Wait, time out. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that the fact that Pharaoh is chasing them and the doors have closed and they've reached a dead end and life is stressful and life is problematic and we're stuck with no way out and we're anxious and afraid and worried and Pharaoh's gain on us and he's going to kill us. You mean to tell me God is claiming right here that he planned it? That's what he says. I planned it. What if right now the very problems in your life, you never expected God said, I planned for this to happen. You say, well, why would God do that? God's supposed to make my life easier and better and happier. That's not in the Bible. God says, I planned it. Why, Lord? One answer and one answer always. I planned it to display my glory. And that word glory is so hard to describe, but it's literally describing the greatness and the power and the beauty of God. You know that God wants to display His greatness in your life and His power? But God's not going to do that in a beautiful Sunday morning at church. He's not going to do that when the kids are cooperating and the bills are paid and life is good and you got the promotion and you won the girl and everything is great and dandy. That is not when God says, I want to display my glory. God says, I want to display my glory when you are stuck in the wilderness, when your enemy is gaining on you, when it looks hopeless, when it looks like it's over, when you're doubting, when you've lost hope, when you're sick, when you've lost your job and your kids have walked out and there's no way to pay the bills, when you're crying yourself to sleep at night, when the doctors say it's cancer, when the economy gets worse, when your car is broken down, when your fridge needs to be prayed over, when life is falling upside down, when things make no sense, that's when I want to show you how powerful I am. That's when I want to show you Mm. How great I am. In the book of John chapter 9, there's a blind man on the road. The disciples see him. He's blind from birth. Never to see light. Always to be in the struggle. And the disciples ask an honest question. Lord, who sinned? Who messed up? His parents or him that he was born this way? And Jesus shockingly tells them, neither this man or his parents sinned, but this happened so that I would display my glory. You see, sometimes God allows us to get stuck in the wilderness. He allows the door to get shut. Because he wants to display his power in your life. You'll never know that God is a healer until you're sick. You'll never know he's a provider until you're in need. 
And God will put you in a position of hardship to display His power and miracles. It's like a flashlight. This flashlight can't even be bought in stores. I can't tell you how we got it, but his name is Cheeto. He works for FPL. And it fell off a truck. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, they were giving them out. Dennison, don't snitch on him. I know you work with him. But <laughs> so powerful. Oh, no, don't wow for this. Listen, it's not nothing to really wow over because right now it's daylight. Right now, things are lit, fine. So you know it's powerful. You know it's on. You know it has power. But because right now it is daytime, in the morning, and there's light all around us, it doesn't make that much of an impact. But now, Let's all meet here at 9 o'clock tonight. Let's shut off all the lights. And let's turn this on in the dark. And then, and only then, are you going to truly see how powerful this light is. And then, and only then, are you truly going to appreciate the power of this light. Because the light shines brighter in the dark. And here's my point. God is good all the time. No, you're supposed to get like Baptist with it. And all the time, God is good. Let's say it one more time. God is good all the time. Amen, right? He is. He's good all the time. But let's be honest. When life is good and smooth and things are great, we don't appreciate God like we should. But it's only when it is dark that God shows up in His powerful light that you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because when I was in my darkest hour, you came through for me. You didn't come through for me in the church on a Sunday morning with my little dress on and my little suit and everything was fine. You came to me in a cancer ward, in a homeless shelter, in the street, in an alley, in a hotel. When I was in my darkest, when I was in the club, when I was lonely, when I was drugged up, doped up, trying this, doing that, when I wanted to kill myself, that's when the power of God's glory was displayed. That's why God says, I'm going to put you through some dark times. And we have some dark people in this church. I don't mean like that. I mean like, like you've gone through dark times. You've gone through dark times. You're saying, well, why? Because God says, I want to display my glory. God says, I I shine brighter to you when you're in the dark. I, I shine brighter. That's why 
My mom will testify the closest she's ever felt to God was not in a church service, but when she had cancer in her body. You're going to see the brightness, the glory of God in the darkest of your time. That's why when life gets dark on you and you feel stuck in the wilderness, it's not a time for you to be doubtful, fearful, anxious, worried. What am I going to do? What's going to happen? Why is God not answering my prayer? Why aren't doors opening but every door is shut? What do you say? Okay, right now it looks like I'm stuck in the wilderness, but God has a plan and His glory is about to be displayed. You need to praise God for that because God said when you are in your darkest hour, I have a plan. Some of you are in that dark hour right now. And a lot of people in our church are going through that dark hour and you never know it because they're here at church serving, smiling, laughing, hugging, but you don't know that deep down inside things are so dark and grim that they don't even know what God is doing, but they just look and feel like they're stuck in the wilderness and confused with no way out. But God says, I have a plan. The fact that God says, I have planned this, means I'm in control. Oh, Pharaoh thinks he's ruling you. Pharaoh thinks he's winning. Pharaoh thinks he's in control. But I'm in control of that Pharaoh. And that problem that's controlling you in Jesus' name is being controlled by God. But you're going to either have, you have two choices. You can leave the church service saying there's no way. There's no way. Or you can say there's no way right now. But God has a plan. In fact, Isaiah talks about this very story. Look at Isaiah 43, 13 with me. From eternity to eternity, I am God. Let's just pause there. God says, forever and ever and ever and ever for all eternity. I am, not was, not will be. He says now in the present tense, because whatever you're going through in the present moment, God wants you to know, I am still God. I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hands. God is saying, not only am I God, I'm holding you. No one can undo what I've done. And let's jump over to verse 17. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt. Isn't that interesting? God said he called the goose over. He called the mighty army. What if you found out God did 
the very thing that was the hardest the hardest thing you went through. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and drowned their lives, snuffed out like a smoldering candlestick. And notice what God said. But forget all that. Wait a minute. God said, I opened up the sea. I drowned all those Egyptians. But said, you know what God said? Forget. Forget all that. All that is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Now let's go back to that verse. Some of you need to let this sink in. God said, forget all that. You think that was awesome? You think that was good? Forget all that. Wait until you see what I'm about to do next in your life. Wait until you see. Forget all of that. Nothing is compared to what I am going to do. And this is something someone needs to hear this morning. Forget yesterday. Forget what happened. Because God's getting ready to do something. But notice what it says in verse 17 and 18. Verse 19. See, I'm doing a new thing. How many want God to do a new thing in your life already? Saying, God, I need a new thing in my life. God says, I'm doing a new thing. Now, it springs up Do you not perceive it? Sometimes you're not going to see it. God says, I'm doing something new. I am making a what? A way. For all my no way people in the room. For all the people that there's no way. God says, you're right. There is no way. But I'm God. And I will make a way. I will make a way. Because we serve a way maker. So when everyone tells you there's no way, you say that might be true right now. But God will make a way. Even when it looks like you're trapped in the wilderness, even when it looks like you're dead in the end, even if it looks hopeless and gone, it's over, and the devil is saying you're confused. God is done with you. You'll never get out of this. There's no way. Remember what Isaiah said. He will make a way. And some of you need to hear that this morning. He will make away. When you're staring at the problems in your life, say He would make a way. When things are getting worse in your life, you say He will make a way. When you say, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know if we're going to do it. I don't know if we're going to make this. You say, Lord, there's no way, but I thank you that you are a way maker. Can we praise God this morning who makes a way? He makes a way. So Moses, I would hate to be Moses with you people here. 
because you guys would have sent me with that ocean. You would have killed me already. But Moses looks at the people. He looks at the people. Remember, the goose is coming. He's flapping his wings. He's about to attack. They're stuck. The doors are shut. They're a trap. There's no way out. And in verse 12, Moses says something profound. The people said, didn't we tell you this would happen? Can you feel the negative Nancy's in the room? I told you we wouldn't make it. I told you this was crazy. I told, what were we thinking? Why did we leave Egypt? And there's always one in the crowd that says, when everything's bad, oh, I knew this was going to happen. Didn't we tell you this would happen? While we were still in Egypt. We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be slaves in Egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness. But I, I disagree. I think it's better to be dead than, than enslaved. But Moses told the people. Now these are angry bunch. These are angry crowds. And Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Let's just pause there for a second. The people were speaking out of fear. And I wonder what you're saying to yourself out of fear. The fear that you're not going to make it. The fear that you're not qualified. The fear that you're not good enough. The fear that things are never going to work out. The fear that it's never going to be the same. The fear of tomorrow. The people were speaking in fear. And God, through Moses, tells the people, don't be afraid. Now I know if that were me, and I tell you in this situation, don't be afraid, one of you would at least throw the first stone. One of you. I'd be like, don't be afraid. <laughs> I know my church, my church will say, what do you mean don't be afraid? Look at him. Look at Egypt. They're coming after us. We're stuck. There's no way out. We're not going to make it. We're going to die. You told us this was God. You told us to follow you. And look, we had a home in Egypt. Our lives were better in Egypt. We should have stayed. We should have done that. Moses, it's over. What do you mean don't be afraid? Are you absent from reality? And Moses is saying, do not be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord. And watch the Lord rescue you today. There comes a point, church, That you could do nothing but watch God. You could do nothing about that situation. No amount of money, no person, no government, nothing. You can do nothing about this situation but watch God. He says, watch the Lord rescue you today. And I'm here to tell you today, just watch him.
Oh, but there's no way. Just watch him. He's fighting. But it gets crazier, he says. Do not be afraid. Just stand still. Watch the Lord rescue you. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Look at what he says. Verse 14. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. In a, in a culture where calm is no longer a thing, where everyone seems to be panicking, calm is the last thing you're feeling today. And you're, and you're going to the wrong things to feel calm. And some of you haven't been calm in years. And when I studied this more, Moses is telling the people, I know it looks like you're stuck in the wilderness. I know it looks like the doors are shut. I know that it looks like there's no way. But there is a God who is fighting for you right now. So stay calm. And that word, stay calm, it's a Hebrew word that literally means to be silent and quiet. Why is this so important you do this? Because you can talk your way out of peace. You can talk your way out of peace and into anxiety. You can talk yourself restless, fearful, That's what a lot of us do, don't we? We get bad news, and the first thing out of your mouth, it's over. That's it. You talk negative, you talk criticism, you talk fear. And everything that comes out of your mouth is how bad your life is, how unfair life is, your past, your present, your future, everything's so bad and everything's so negative and everything out of your mouth is how hard my life is, how unfair people are, I never get a break, I'm not good enough, I'm worthless, I'm this, I'm that. And you're literally talking yourself out of the peace of God in your life. You're talking yourself out of peace and talking yourself into fear and unrestlessness and anxiety. So God was saying, watch me. Watch me. No, but Lord, but the ghost is coming. Shh. And here's the promise. 
never again. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. That is the essence of freedom. The very thing you're going through today, you will never see tomorrow. The bondage you see, the pain you feel, the fear that overtakes you. God says, shh, watch me. Because I'm about to set you free. Can you imagine if God would say to you right now, That cancer you see today will be gone. That addiction that holds you in bondage will be no more. That guilt that keeps you up at night will vanish. The problem that has you restless will disappear. The past, the things in your life that have you unhappy and miserable, those things will be gone. No more. You're going to see my glory. That's why God says something interesting. I'll close with this. As it looked like they were trapped in the wilderness and there was no way out, stuck. Remember the word trap literally means to have a door shut on you. And it feels like sometimes God has shut the door in your face. And there's no way out. I want you this morning to think to yourself, what are the things you're declaring that there's no way? Go ahead, I dare you. There's no way. And fill in the blank. There's no way because of what I've done. There's no way because of what doctors say. There's no way because of what I'm going through. There's no way I'm going to get through it because I can name you a hundred people that went through it and they didn't make it. There's no way. We are stuck. We are confused and the promises of God are over and the door has been shut. There's no way. Remember, you serve a God that said, I am God. I'm fighting for you and I will make a way. I will make a way. And I know it looks like you're trapped and the devil says you're trapped, but I'm about to do things in your life you never imagined. If you would have told those people that the, oh, the sea was about to split up and open and they were going to get through things that was impossible to get through, they would have thought you were crazy, but that's exactly what happened. Those waters divided. God made an impossible way and they got through something they thought was impossible to get through. And you're going through something and you're going to get through it in Jesus' name. Because nothing is impossible for the God that is fighting for you right now. So don't you talk your way out of the peace of God that says to you right now, it's going to be okay. Oh, I know it's bad out there. I know you're telling yourself, there's no way. But remember, God said, I will make a way. 
So in verse 15, God tells Moses this. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. I feel in my spirit as I read this, someone needs to hear this today. Church, it is time to move on. Because God is getting ready to open doors you never thought would be open. Remember that when Pharaoh thought they were trapped, it literally means to have a door that was shut. So in Pharaoh's eyes, the doors were closed. But in God's eyes, he said, I'm about to open the biggest door you've ever imagined. And what if God right now is telling you this morning? The doors have not been shut on you. They're getting ready to be opened upon you. And I'm going to do things in your life that are new. But you need to shh and watch me. And when those Israelites saw that water divide and open, and when they got through, the only thing they did was worship. And in the end of this journey you're in, you're going to look back and worship because you're going to see what God has gotten you through. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, and you're saying, Pastor, the doors feel shut in my life. And it feels like there's no way. I wonder what your no way situation is today. And I challenge you to bring it to the Lord. Who says, I am God. Who will make a way when there seems to be no way. And Pharaoh can say all he wants, how confused you are, how lost and hopeless your situation is, how stuck in the wilderness it looks. But Pharaoh was not accounting for the fact that God is in control. And a miracle happened. How many of you today need a miracle in your life? A real miracle. Come on, show me your hands. You need a pastor. I need a real miracle. I need you. I challenge you right now to come forward to this altar today. Come on. For a loved one, for a sick one, for a dream, for a hope, for your no way situation. I challenge you to come to this altar today. Would you tell God right now, Lord, this is my no way situation. Go ahead. Tell him right now what it is. Is it a dream? Is it a healing? Is it a child? And remember, he says, I am God. 
it only looks like you're trapped. But I'm about to set you free. And in Jesus' name, I invite you to just watch him work. Because you can do nothing but watch him. But in the end, God's going to get glory from this. So right now in your heart, just say, Lord Jesus, here's my no-way situation. Go ahead, tell him what it is. Tell God right now what is impossible for your dad's sickness, he said. Amen. What else? Show me your hands of this sickness today for you or for someone else. Come on. God bless you. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we surrender to you this no-way situation. God, we are stuck. The devil is laughing. But we know that this is just the beginning. You are going to open doors that only you can open. You will open doors that no man can shut. And you are going to get us through things that we cannot do on our own. Father, and in Jesus' name, I pray for every dream here, every hope, every desire that is far reached in our hands, that you would make it happen according to your will. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the brother of Denison who has cancer in his body right now. And there is no way, doctors say, but in Jesus' name, you will make a way for him to be healed for you to get glory, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Barbara's grandson. There's no way this young kid's going to walk, they say, but they don't know God. And we pray for the things that are impossible to man to be reality in the life of your children so when they ask us how, we can only say God. So make a way, God. Because we know the wilderness is not final. There is promises to be held. There are miracles to take place. There are children to be held. There is deliveries to be happened. There are miracles to be had. So, Father, today, we will be silent and watch you work in Jesus' name. Come on, give him a shout of praise today. Amen. And amen. Come on, praise him, praise him. Come on, give God some praise today. You guys are on your way. It only looks like you are trapped in the wilderness.